Hello, and welcome to the High Performing Director Podcast, a podcast with the purpose of enriching our personal and professional lives, both in and outside of the music education environment. My name is Chris Griffoff, a band director from Carmel, Indiana, and I want to help you take control, manage your time, grow your confidence, and take your program to the next level. Join me on this journey to becoming a high performing director. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the High Performing Director Podcast, and Happy New Year. The winter holiday is winding down, and I know for our school, the next couple of months are our busiest with recruitment, instrument try-ons for our incoming sixth graders, pep band, as well as our ISMA, or state contest preparations, going in full swing. Balancing school with life gets really challenging during this time of year, as it seems that there's just never enough time to do everything that we want to do. Which I think is a great time now to talk about time and balance. And balance is a really important topic, and I think there's going to be many different perspectives on balance that we can talk about on this podcast over time here. But today I want to talk about a book and some ideas that I received reading a book, and we'll talk about that here in just a couple minutes. Because after our students, I believe that time is our biggest commodity in music education. There just never seems to be enough of it. You finish a concert, and it seems like the next concert's just around the corner, And then the winter season happens and school gets canceled and there goes another rehearsal. There's just never enough time to do all of the stuff and the things that we want to do in our lives and with our students. I've talked briefly about the hairstylist podcast I've been listening to that has inspired a lot of the topics I want to cover in the High Performing Director podcast. And one of the big goals of this hairstyling podcast is to help hairstylists make $100,000 from behind the chair, as their industry calls it. And at first glance, this seems to be a a little that a podcast about making $100,000 as a hairstylist can do to help us as music educators as our salary is pretty much set and determined by our wonderful school systems. However, I am sure if there was a podcast about making $100,000 from on the podium, it would be an instant hit. But no, only a lot of time and education will allow a few in some lucky school districts to reach that amount and good for you if you do. However, when we're speaking about this podcast, uh, hairstyling podcast, if we replace this idea of money, this $100,000 goal, since we can't really change that, but we replace it with time, all of a sudden the ideas shared in this podcast and just general business concepts start to make sense in our profession. Because after our students, time is our biggest commodity. There's never enough time at school, at home, or just in life in general. So how do we balance all of the stuff and the things we have to do? I mean, just think of all these things that we try to balance in our lives. We've got our family, we've got work, we've got friends, our physical and mental health, possibly spirituality. And these are just some of the main categories, not even mentioning those things that we have to balance within each of those separate categories. Sometimes I think achieving the perfect life balance is just as mystical of a thought as the force from Star Wars. How many of you struggle with balancing everything in your life? We all do. It always seems that as soon as we feel like we accomplish something in one of our main categories that we just talked about, something in another starts to falter. It is extremely stressful. And have you ever thought that there may be a reason for this? That maybe A, achieving perfect balance might be impossible, and B, it may not be the best thing or the healthiest for us anyways. Now, before I go any further, I do want to give you a little insight to where some of these thoughts are coming from. 
On an episode of my inspirational hairdressing podcast, the host talked about a book and it instantly grabbed my attention. The book is called The One Thing and it's written by Gary Keller and Jay Pepisam. And this title instantly grabbed my attention as this concept of focusing on just one thing in recent years has become a primary philosophy of my teaching. And the idea of focusing on just one thing or isolating just one skill at a time with my students has been very effective. And that is what this book is about. Not specifically geared towards music education, but just life and work in general. It is focused on finding your one thing and putting all of your energy into that one thing. It's a great book and one that will be an inspiration for many future episodes of this podcast. A link to the book is available in the program notes. And one of the chapters is just happens to be about balance. And I was really intrigued and excited about this chapter because at the time I was reading this book, I was trying to figure out if doing this podcast, starting a business was going to be a smart thing as I just wasn't sure if I was going to be able to balance everything. So I'm reading my book and finally I get to the chapter about balance and the authors hit me with this idea that actually achieving balance is impossible and, and we should stop trying to balance everything in our lives and instead think about counterbalancing our lives. And I kind of put the book down. I was like, what are they talking about? I thought they were going to give me the answer to balancing my life. And instead, they tell me first that it's impossible. And second, I should look at counterbalancing everything in my life. And the realist in me is like, come on, it's balance and counterbalance. Aren't they just kind of the different names for the same thing? So anyways, I kept going. And sure enough, after reading the chapter, I finally understood what they were talking about. And I was so glad that I did. So before we go any further, let's first take a look at the definition of balance. Balance is defined as, and I quote, an even distribution of weight enabling someone or something to remain upright and steady. So another way to look at this is that it means everything has to be the same or equal to be balanced. So the next question has to be, if everything is the same, how do we get better at anything? The problem is that us music educators are wired to always be improving. It's why we go to professional development conferences, observe other teachers, and hopefully why you're listening to this podcast. But how can we improve something if that something is perfectly balanced with everything else in our lives? If we want to improve everything we are balancing and we want to maintain balance, then everything would have to increase the same little by little. On the other hand, if we spend too much time on one thing we really want to improve, then we would go so out of balance that everything would just come crashing down to the ground, right? Or would it? Well, we have to first realize what we are actually balancing in our lives. Are we really balancing those individual categories we mentioned before, family, work, friends, our physical and mental health, spirituality, etc.? Or is it the time we are spending on those things? We all understand that all of those categories are important, and we know that we have to spend time in each. The question really then becomes, how much time do we spend on those things? And this is why I think that time really is our biggest commodity. Think about how time affects your life. How many times do we say, man, I wish I had more time, where there's just never enough time, or if we just had one more rehearsal, or how fast is time moving? I wish it would just slow down. Would you consider time currently in your life as an enemy or as an ally? It is what we do with our time that is the key to understanding the mystical force known as balance. We have to understand one simple truth. Time spent on one thing is not time spent on something else. This is why balance is impossible. 
The moment you prioritize one thing over another, everything else gets left behind. This automatically creates imbalance. There's no way around it. Think of a scale. The moment you put more weight on one of the sides, it drops and the other rises. There's no way to change that. It's physics. So take a breath and say with me, balance is impossible. Ready? Balance is impossible. All of that stress we create trying to balance everything in our lives can just go away because being in balance is impossible and being out of balance is actually natural. And we have to accept this. We are fighting natural physics by trying to balance everything in our lives. And I've got to accept that right now I am spending my time on recording this podcast, which means I'm not spending time on anything else. But this is also my choice to be doing this one thing at this moment in time. And it's actually really empowering that I am choosing this and it's my decision. I really wanted to get this podcast episode out before winter break. However, I was presenting a session at the Midwest Band and Orchestra Clinic, which happens right before the winter holiday, and I had to focus my time on making sure I was prepared for the session. My one thing became the session, and this podcast episode just had to wait. And to be honest, if I tried to do both, I'm not sure either would be the way I wanted them to be. They both would have been completed, but probably not at the level I wanted them. And this is where the idea of counterbalance comes back into the picture that the authors of the one thing were talking about. Now that we hopefully understand that balance is impossible, because when we spend time on something we are instantly moving out of balance, it becomes more of an issue of how much time do we spend on that one thing and remain out of balance. Now bear with me on this, because you can easily say, well, Chris, aren't we just again talking about balancing time again? And I wouldn't disagree with you on that. However, What is different is that now we understand that it is natural to be out of balance and we are going to accept that, not fight it. We are going to choose what our one thing is to spend our time on because it's our choice and it is our time. So how long do we stay out of balance? Well, the authors say that it would depend on what your one thing is. They say that at work, you should find your one thing and work on it until it's accomplished. Then find your next thing and work on it until that's accomplished. Anything that doesn't directly affect your one thing only receives a little of your time. On a personal level, they recommend that you go short and spend a little time being out of balance as your personal lives are way more fragile. Going out of balance for a short time allows you to stay connected to all that is important in your personal life. Now, to help make this point, the authors reference a quote from a novel by James Patterson entitled Suzanne's Diary for Nicholas, where the main character is comparing life to juggling. And here's a quote directly from that book. It goes, Imagine life is a game in which you are juggling five balls. The balls are called work, family, health, friends, and integrity. And you're keeping them all in the air, but one day you finally come to understand that work is a rubber ball. If you drop it, it will bounce back. The other four balls, family, health, friends, integrity, are all made of glass. If you drop one of these, it will get scuffed, nicked, or perhaps even shatter. So the authors recommend to never spend so much time on your one thing in your personal lives that you have nothing to come back to. The second biggest aha moment I had from this book was when the authors reminded us that is when we are out of balance that this is where the magic happens. The authors argue that if you look at balance as placing things in the middle, then being out of balance means placing things in the extremes. However, it's in these extremes that the magic always happens. Case in point, 
How many of you have ever accomplished something amazing in your lives while just doing the average amount of work? Think about something amazing you've accomplished and the first thing that comes to mind is how hard you've worked on this one thing and the sacrifices you made because when you were working on your amazing accomplishment, it was time not spent on something else. And this is what makes the idea of counterbalance so powerful. It's being confident that you are choosing to spend your time on the one thing you're focusing on, which then frees your mind to go all in on working on and accomplishing your one thing. Now, this also ties into one of my favorite concepts from the fish philosophy as well. Have you ever heard of this before? I've taught in three school districts, and two of them have incorporated these ideas into our school philosophies. The fish philosophy comes from these employees from the Seattle fish market, and they came up with this motivational movement based on their experiences at work. Now, these guys are slinging fish around. They're having a great time. They interact with guests because they have to to make their job more fun. They have to wake up early. It's laborious work. So what they decided to do is instead of being um, just kind of depressed and negative about their work situation, they decided to make it the best thing possible. And there's a whole movement or philosophy, as they call it, on how to do this in any work situation. And one of my favorite parts of the fish philosophy is the one that's called be here now. Basically saying that whatever it is that you're focused on, be focused on it because there is nothing you can do about anything else at the moment. I can't worry about school while I'm doing this podcast. So it's not worth worrying about because there's nothing I can do about it. Be present. This is getting more and more challenging, though, especially with those pesky little devices we all call smartphones. Instant access to all of the stuff and things anytime we want. Weather, sports, those cat videos, social media. And I'm just as guilty of split focus on devices as anyone else. But do try to be present as possible when you're working on the one thing that you're focusing your time on. Remember, it's our precious commodity. So we want to make sure we're always focused when we're using our time. What personally resonated with me in all of this balance talk was realizing that balance is impossible. Understanding that time spent on one thing is time not spent on something else. And it was like someone saying, it's okay. Go be extraordinary. Your life requires it. Just don't be gone so long that you have nothing left to come back to. And when I finally understood that, I felt so much better. There is nothing wrong with wanting to be better at something. It's in our nature to do so. We have to realize that it's okay to do so. The question then really becomes, how long do you stay in the extremes? And when it's time, come back and go all in on the next thing. So then how can we connect this new understanding about balance and time with our programs? And I think there's a lot of ways that we can look at it as really time affects all aspects of everything that we do because there's only so much of it. Time's always moving. It never stops. Actually kind of reminds me of this movie with Justin Timberlake. I think it's called In Time. And the premise of the movie was that due to natural resources or something, when a child hit a certain age, a personal timer started counting down with the number of minutes you had until you turned 35. And it was like tattooed on their skin so you could always look down and see the time counting down and knew how much time you had left. And when that timer hit zero, you passed away. Time literally became their most important commodity. There was no money. Things were bought and paid for by using the time that you had. What I'm trying to say is think about your next performance. The clock is counting down. That performance is going to show up in X amount of days, and you have X amount of rehearsal time to prepare for that one performance. Heck, 
That time is even less when you factor in things that we're not in control of, like weather, field trips, state-mandated testing, which always seems to happen the week before a performance. And let's not forget when our best trumpet or our best oboe or only oboe is absent for a week, probably because of some sporting thing. So what are you going to spend your time on? What is the most important thing that your students need to be able to do to have a successful concert? Now, I don't know the answer to that, is the answer I might give is probably going to be different than yours. The point is, no matter what that is, it becomes your one thing, and you spend all of the time that you have trying to achieve that one thing. And if there's time left, then go on to your next most important thing. But Chris, I want to teach my students more than just preparing for a concert. They need to learn more skills and maybe some theory and history, and I totally understand that and agree with you. I feel that way too. And if you choose to spend time on something other than your next concert, that is 100% okay. That is your choice. They are your students. It is your program. You can make your program be whatever you want it to be because it's your choice. One last thought the authors of this book gives us about helping with balance is to try to combine as many things as possible into your one thing as long as they are actually helping your one thing. One of the issues with our concert schedule is that most of us have no control over our concert schedule. There's this expectation that we have to put on so many concerts and in a lot of places, we also have to attend a rated festival event. For some of us, that festival event rating may be tied to our evaluation. And I'm sorry if that's the case in your school district. Well, let's say you're stressed about having to always prepare for concerts and want to spend more time teaching students more musical skills or music theory or music history or maybe all of the above. Now, the authors would say that since the concert prep has to be your one thing, is there a way that you could incorporate theory, history, or the learning of these skills into the preparation for your concert? Is there a piece of music that uses the specific skills you want your students to learn, takes place in the time period of history you want them to learn about, and also has the theory elements included in it that you could work on while preparing for the performance? If you are preparing three pieces, maybe each of the pieces in your concert checks off one of those boxes individually. And again, this is just an example, and I'm sure a lot of you already do this. For example, my one thing is sound. I want my bands to sound great. So we spend a ton of time working on the fundamentals of sound, sometimes even up to 30 to 40 minutes of a 90-minute block with middle school students. Now, I also know that this time is not wasted because it will transfer over to their music. Even though we may not be working on our actual concert literature during this fundamental time, we are because it will make the group sound better when performing their music. This is a way for me to combine my one thing of sound fundamentals with concert performance. This concept of time spent on one thing and not something else has also helped me with my decision making with my planning. There are so many things that I want to do with my students, but when it comes down to it, I have to look at time. How much do I have and what needs to get done? And when I look at that, I decide what my one thing is at that moment and I dive 100% into it. It really has helped me keep focused on the tasks that I need to accomplish. On a larger scale, what do you prioritize in your life? If family is your one thing, then what can you do to make that the most important thing in your life? If you're the lone director at your school, maybe it's not having 10 extra after-school groups or four extra concerts. And I'm defining extra as those things that we do that are important to our programs but happen outside of the school day. 
And if you work with a team of directors, maybe you make sure that those extras are divided up equally. And if your program is your one thing, then that may be exactly what you want. Now, I'm not saying to not do the extra things. They are important to us and our students. I've got a brass choir that I love doing and my students enjoy it, but I also choose to do it. And because of that, there might be another group or some other after school activity that I don't do because I also want to make sure that I have time for my personal life as well. Remember that only work is the rubber ball. So if you stop having an extra group that you've always had, or maybe was even there before you became the director, yeah, that ball is going to fall. Some kiddos, maybe some parents will not be happy. But you know what? The ball will bounce back up. The following year or two, the students won't even remember that there was this group and all will be okay. And if you choose to have the X group, then go all in and make it amazing. Remember, it's your choice. Being a high-performing director is being the best you. You can be for yourself, your family, and your students. There is only one of you and only so much time. In closing, feel relieved that you can finally stop trying to live the balanced life. It is stress that is unnecessary because it's impossible. Be confident and empowered with the decision of what you are spending or choosing to spend your time on and be 100% focused on making whatever that is amazing. Make your one thing great, go to the extremes, but just make sure you don't go so far that you have nothing to come back to. Balance and time are such important topics, especially for us music educators. I hope that today's episode will allow you to reflect on a different viewpoint on the concept of balance. I know that it was helpful for me and I hope it was helpful for you too. Time and balance are topics that I hope to present multiple viewpoints on from various sources in future episodes. Be sure to click on the link in this episode's show notes to check out the book, The One Thing. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next time on the High Performing Director Podcast.